How's it, Mzanzi? And welcome to Farmers Inside Track, the country's most downloaded farmers podcast. This is episode 243. I'm your host, Dawn Umdu. This week, we kick off a thrilling new campaign powered by Agri Enterprises, established by AgriSA. These trailblazers are focused on solving complex problems, simplifying funding, and creating innovative and accessible solutions for farmers across South Africa. Over the next few months, we hope to inspire you with their innovative work and will introduce you to some of the creative people driving change in the agricultural sector. First up, Food for Mzanzi's commercial journalist, Octavius Pandil, chats to Suleiman Patel, Agri-Enterprises Rural Development Division and Projects Lead. Thank you, Dawn. What inspired you to take up a career in rural development and to assist in creating the Rural Development Division at Agri-Enterprises? And what were some of the key challenges you faced in getting it off the ground? The inspiration for going into rural development is a career. Look, I'm qualified as an agricultural economist. From what agricultural economists do, there's quite a broad spectrum. It's very open-ended. So a lot of the time, if you're not in sort of mainstream agricultural economics, you can go from joining credit teams at the bank. There's many different ways one can develop a career with a degree. And that's a nice thing about it. And there's very few degrees left like that where you're not defined to a certain path that gives you a broad options of horizon so my inspiration for going into rural development as a career was the recognition that small-scale farmers in remote or underserved areas face significant challenges in accessing resources and support they need to succeed i think as a company agri enterprises committed to sustainable agriculture social responsibility and myself, as part of the division, saw an opportunity to use our expertise and resources to make a difference in these communities. One of the key challenges we faced as a team, and myself personally, is getting the Rural Development Division basically off the ground. A lot of trust-building exercises, establishing relationships with local communities. Each community, and we've done projects across the country, each community has their own internal problems, but also the internal guidelines on how to operate in a community. And I think the main thing I learned in this work is everyone needs to be treated with respect. You're going into someone's home, you're going into a community, they call that place home. You have to be respectful of that. Even if you're coming with assistance, you can't go in arrogantly. You need to ensure that this is these people's home and you can't treat that lightly. They have ecosystems that exist. They have hierarchy structures that exist within those communities and you have to approach the right people in the community come in ask them look this is what i want to do this is how i think i can help your people and from there you work with the leaders of their community and it makes things a lot easier what we've as a team recognized is that we need to take collaborative and participatory approach working closely with farmers, funders, community leaders to understand specific needs and once you get that right you can then co-design interventions that are tailor-made to specific farmers, specific communities, specific provinces, and each one of them comes with their own problems, but with problems, they come with their own opportunities. It was a great lesson for me personally that when you're entering someone's home, request the right permission, speak to the right people, sit down with them across the table, and often these things take time. 
share with them your plans. And I think one of the key problems that I find with a lot of rural development interventions is getting the funder, the operator, which was us in our case, and any other operating partners, the community, the farmer, all on the same page. Let's all sit together, let's share the same vision, and let's run a project side by side. How has the Rural Development Division helped agri-entrepreneurs connect and support farmers in remote or underserved areas? And what specific programs or initiatives have been most successful in achieving this goal? The Rural Development Division, firstly, has helped agri-enterprises connect with and support farmers in remote and underserved areas by providing, firstly, and most importantly, training. And unfortunately, in today's time, there's a lot of agricultural training. Some are excellent, some are not so good. But often what happens, and people don't ask the question, good, we trained, we're ready, what next? So even when you have communities that are trained to a level that is acceptable and that will get them to the next stage, where is the assistance coming from? What's the next phase? We need holistic interventions. And that's what every enterprises and I myself try to bring along is those holistic interventions. Because from the start, when we entered a project, it was first baselining, understanding, researching, connecting and networking. We then went into a phase where we even took the extra step and done a mental wellness sort of workshop. I won't call it a training, it's a workshop. In that we understand these are the problems that these are commu- these communities are plagued with. And each province, each area, each municipality have different issues that they face. And once we understand that, like I said previously, the problems expose opportunities within themselves. So I think that's a key thing that we used to at our, our advantage is Doing the proper work, sometimes it's more costly to get the sort of research, get that understanding of the community. It takes time. It takes a lot of travel back and forth from Joburg to the communities. But once you have that understanding, then we can go to the next phase where we assist farmers to develop a proper business plan based on specific needs, requirements, and market access linkages in their areas. We've got excellent programs that are currently running. As I leave agri-enterprises as the head of rural development, I think in the division, myself and my team have managed to build some good projects. And they're starting to mature now, which is a very difficult thing for me because these projects were my pets. As I leave, I'm parting ways with these projects that I've seen mature over time. The emphasis we put on record-keeping, financial management, but we don't just leave them as training courses. With our partners, I3A, which is the International Agricultural Academy for Africa, managed and directed by Johan Stassen, we've developed agricultural extension capabilities within I3A, which allow us to practice what has been taught in theory, which makes our interventions a lot more sustainable over a three to five to seven year period. And I think having access to that extension capability for our extension officers to go out to site to make sure farmers are following a set out plan that we've developed, co-developed with the funder, with the farmer and all relevant stakeholders. And I think that has been one of our key success factors is going beyond training and ensuring sustainability of interventions. And can you share any success stories or notable achievements of the Rural Development Division, such as improved crop yields, increased access to markets, or enhanced livelihoods for farming communities. 
When it comes to success stories, I personally like to focus on one particular farmer and it's because over the years I've developed a strong bond with him because he's stuck with the program and at times, I must be honest, it's difficult. It's difficult to stick with the program from the farmer's perspective. You might not think there's cost involved and I know some people in the development space get edgy with the farmer and I must say the farmers really show resilience because from the time we approach the farmer to the time a project gets approved, to the time sign-off happens, to the time funding is dispersed, to the time the farmer gets the money. It's usually a long window period. And from the farmer's perspective, he's probably being promised and he feels like, ah, this sounds like another one of those, you know, I'm not going to get it. There's so many farmers. There's a farmer in Limpopo. His name is Benjamin. He runs Davua Farming Enterprises. So I'm going to focus on him as a specific farmer that I've related to and I've seen him grown from strength to strength. He's joined us from training phase. It was a project funded by Metropolitan. It was a marketing project from their perspective, but they've done excellent work and it was served the collective shapers and it was focused in the Capricorn district in Limpopo. And Benjamin applied for this and then he was telling himself, oh, I'm using so much of my time training, my business is getting neglected. The way the program progressed is at the end of the program, each farmer was given the opportunity, sort of shark tank approach to pitch their business for funding. And Benjamin ended up being one of the successful cases. He won a certain amount of funding, I can't remember, but it wasn't as large. And with that, his farm has grown significantly. He signed new leases. He's of recent purchased a tractor and a lorry. He's got offtake agreements for Papadou. He's supplying one of the supermarkets in Zanin with green vegetables. So he's really doing well. And I think from his side and why I like Benjamin so much, he showed resilience. And I think that's another factor to success is the path is long. It's difficult from a farmer's perspective. It's frustrating, especially speaking to funders, potential funders, project partners. Farmers are often made promises, or even if it's not put across as a promise, they feel like something is coming their way. And even then, it's still a long time before things are realized. But Benjamin's really come out on top of it all. He just remained resilient. He remained dedicated to his farm. And I tell you, when myself and my team go down to Benjamin, which happens maybe once every two to three months, sometimes it's not offering him anything just to say, hello, how are you doing? We were in the area. He is so proud what he's accomplished just by walking the journey with us. And he shows us his produce, he shows us his tractor, he shows us his lorry. And I think he's just a phenomenal person. I would say he is the poster for my projects because not to say he's on a commercial level already, but the process and the progress that he's shown from starting with us and walking the road, I think it's amazing. And of recent, we've just joined him onto our newly released program, which is called the Agribusiness Incubator, where it's another round of capital funding and a whole lot of more training, going further into financial management training. We're even trying to get him onto accounting systems, formalizing his labor on the farms. Stories like that really inspired me to do my work. 10 times harder just to ensure that farmers aren't left alone, especially farmers um, who are willing to succeed and have the right mechanisms and have the determination, you know, the style in their eye. What steps does agri-enterprises take to ensure that rural development initiatives 
are tailored to specific needs and circumstances of each farming community? And how are these initiatives evaluated and monitored over time? You've obviously mentioned during our conversation, you know, it's not always easy to stay by the book. Farmers, they differ. How do you tailor to those specific foundational needs of farmers? I think to ensure that our rural development initiatives are tailored to specific needs and circumstances of each farming community. Before I go on to that point, I think it's important to note that taking community approaches in rural development initiatives, especially within an agricultural context, makes things very difficult. When I say that, I say coming into a community and everyone with a vegetable garden or bigger needs to be part of that specific initiative. And that's taking a blanket approach. It's quite dangerous to take a blanket approach because not everyone's circumstances are the same. Not everyone's situation is the same. And initially, I preferred the blanket approach, especially when it came to training. But as we evolved and as we changed as a business unit, as we developed and learned more about rural development within an agricultural context, we realized the community approach is important to a certain extent. But at some stage, we need to start working with the farmer in his own personal right to assist him with his specific needs at a ground grassroots level. And I think to ensure rural development initiatives are tailored to specific needs and circumstances of each farmer, you need to take a very, like I said, collaborative approach. Synergies are the most important thing. So this would typically involve working closely with the farmers, like I said, community leaders, because access to those community to ensure that those interventions run uninterrupted are really important. So community leaders are really a key stakeholder. And often they welcome you with open arms. They, they don't want anything from you. They're just happy to see something's being done for their people. This also helps to understand specific needs the priorities of a community at large, but also in, uh, in a farmer context. And then also closely co-designing interventions that are tailor-made to specific circumstances with the different stakeholders. For example, if we take the funders, the trainers themselves, as I said, we have the extension services. So including the extension officers into the introductory meetings is really crucial because we need everyone to drive the same vision. And I think that's really important. And we have learned this over time, not to say that uh, this is information that was just available to us. We have made mistakes. And those mistakes taught us the only way to do it is have everyone on the same page, share the same goals, share the same vision. And then from there, we can just all track ahead because we have the same target in mind. And I think over time, when it comes to monitoring and evaluation, there's always rooms to improve the way you monitor and evaluate. Different projects, different funders come with different mandates. So your measurables and the data collected might be different because on each project measuring different outcomes. But in general, the key things we like to measure is employment creation over a certain period, increase in hectares planted. Obviously, that would be a prime one. Increase in yield per hectare, increase in turnover, increase in fixed asset value of the farmer. Those things are important. But every enterprise is an entity. We really subscribe to a continuous improvement and continuous learning model. And we never shy to learn a new method of monitoring and evaluation. Recently, one of our clients took us through a workshop where the workshop was about using the impact management reporting guidelines. 
And this is compiled by a range of stakeholders and funders, including corporate foundations, but uh, compiled by nation building. And I think anyone in the developmental space and doing work in the space should really get the impact management reporting guideline, the work. Because when I came into the space, I never really totally understand giving my background in economics. But developing frameworks, things like theory of change frameworks for developmental programs, I think it's really critical because in this one document, the theory of change, is the key document for all partners to get onto the same page. They say, these are the things we're targeting. This is what we're reporting on. This is what is expected of us. This is what's expected of you. It's assigned to each person. And that's how tasks get done. So I think the theory of change, even though it takes a, it takes a, a view, and, and it takes a view from right now to long-term impact which will be a lot more bigger picture. Yeah, but I I think it's really important. One of my final questions is, what advice would you give to other organizations or individuals looking to establish successful rural development initiatives and how can they learn from the experiences of agri-enterprises? So one piece of advice that I'd give to other organizations or individuals looking to establish successful rural development initiatives is definitely prioritize on building strong partnerships and collaborations with other organizations, funders, stakeholders, communities, and really network in this space. I think rural development is a complex, multifaceted issue that requires a range of expertise and resources. And working in a box and working in isolation will definitely limit the impact of the intervention. And like I said, these are lessons that we've learned. So don't work in isolation. Do your research. Partner with the correct people. And even in partnerships, uh, not everyone would share the same vision with you. So make sure you choose your correct partner from the start. And additionally, I think I would personally encourage organizations to focus on building trust and understanding with communities that they aim to serve. Often what happens is the ivory tower effect. You set your plan, funders are on board, these people are on board, but the community isn't even aware of you as a person. And I think that is very tricky to deal with. So beware of that ivory tower effect. Then take a participatory and an inclusive approach to design implementation. This involves, again, engaging with farmers, community leaders, understanding their priorities, co-creating, co-designing interventions that are tailored to specific circumstances. And finally, I believe that learning from experiences and best practice of other organizations is critical for building effective and impactful rural development initiatives. This may involve even attending conferences, workshops, participating in knowledge sharing events and collaborating on joint research development projects and a range of other ways that one can collaborate and understand the landscape of agricultural and rural development specifically. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much, Octavia. And thank you once again for joining us here on Farmers Inside Track. Suleiman Patel, Agri-Enterprises Rural Development Division and Projects Lead. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. From me, Donumdu, Octavius Pandil, our technical producer Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi. Keep farming, keep thriving, and thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? 
we're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.